Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. Romans chapter 8 was the basis for the song that the kids sang to us this morning. It is also going to serve as the basis uh, for our sermon meditation this morning. This is Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You made it. You made it. You made it. Parents, let me first tell you what I mean by that. I, I don't know this because I kind of live this charm life. Coming to church is my job, so I get up early and I leave without my kids. But I've heard from maybe the other parent in my home and a few of you that it's not always easy getting kids up, getting them dressed, getting them at least somewhat adequately fed and out the door and on time for church. That's, that's no small thing. You made it. Science Camp Volunteers. You've been very busy over the last several months and especially the week, getting ready, all sorts of events, prepping, getting orientated and set up for science camp. Another science camp has come and gone. You made it. You made it. By that, I I also mean, well, maybe personally, can we just pause and, and reflect on wins, successes that you've had in your own life, personally, professionally, financially, morally, socially. I mean, there, there is something to be said about Christians taking time to celebrate with gratitude the good things that you have in your life. You made it. And it wasn't always easy. You made it. I mean, sometimes there has been dark clouds hovering in your life. Doubts, despair. But you're here. 
you made it. You know, it's not every Sunday that we have a conversation, a sermon message about being conquerors, making it. But I want to today. God's word, Romans 8, helps us reflect on that. But we're not going to talk about making it, so to speak, in terms of our personal lives. We're going to talk about making it, well, relationally. Maybe it's just Father's Day and I'm sentimental about that or biased towards that. But every once in a while, it's good for Christians to to stop and, and think about the blessings that we have in our life because of the relationships, the sanctified relationships that we have with others. I mean, you made it. You made it. You're here. You are in the context of a Christian community who loves and cares for you. This is a place for you. You made it. You have people in your life who, who love you and are loved by you, and they're around you. You made it. You know your identity in Christ. You know your identity in Christ, and therefore you know your purpose in life to serve and love others. You made it. That is no small thing. You made it. There is no question about that. But who gets the credit? Who gets the credit for the fact that You know, sometimes in life, it's good to just step back and pause and realize that we have accomplished good things. So easy when we feel that sense of achievement, it's it's natural to want to pound our chest. When we we have good things, and and maybe it is relationally or professionally or personally, we feel that that sense of of achievement, we want to pat ourselves on the back. Privately, perhaps, but maybe publicly too. In one sense, it's natural. In another sense, maybe it's cultural. Naturally, after all, our, our, our sinful pride wants to take credit for everything. Culturally, we're, we're, we're pushed or, or preached a message that if you have low self-esteem or, or if you don't take credit for things, that's not someone who makes it in life. But someone who, who has high esteem of self, that's a person. That's a person who has, who has a better chance of, of making it. And yet if we, if we do, if we, if we think about taking credit for making it in life, even in the area of personal relationships and, and thanking ourselves for having those, we're doomed. We're doomed. And I, and I say that word and I say it strongly because at the very least, we're destined for a frustrating end when we realize that, that we can't hold it all together. It's not about us. And at the very worst, we're headed towards an end of being with, out, the love of God. Because it's, it's sinfulness and, and selfishness. It's denial about our own sins and our own flaws. It's hardness of heart that leads us to the delusion that that we've made it in life and we are the ones who, 
who can take credit for that which we have. But, but when we realize how utterly not to our credit it is that we've made it, when we realize how only and solely it is that we are more than conquerors through the love of Christ, well, then at the very least, we have all of the resources that we need for having positive, wonderful, and abiding love in the relationships in our lives. That at the very least, but at the very most. You know what we have then? We have a forever union with our Savior and the God who is for us. Friends, today we are looking at one of the most celebrated chapters in all of Scripture, Romans chapter 8. And what we're going to see in Romans chapter 8 is this. You made it. You've conquered. But it's not you who made it. It has been, will be, and is the infinite and inseparable love of God that is always the reason for our success, for us making it in life, making it in our relationships. You made it, but it wasn't you. It was the love of God. We're going to look at those two aspects of God's love, his infinite love and his inseparable love. But before we do that, can I add maybe one sort of disclaimer. I said it earlier that this is kind of a sermon about being grateful for having what we do in life, making it, having those relationships that we give thanks to God for. And yet, as you you think about all of the people that God has blessed in your life, the reality is no one's making it in all their relationships. No one with every single human being that they want to have a compassionate, selfless, loving relationship is, is saying, yeah, I'm just making it all the time. Now, maybe maybe it's your child. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your boss or your neighbor. But it's not everybody that, that it's that strong of a relationship with. And so it is that we have God's word to look to whether it is that we are or are not making it, conquering, so to speak, in the relationships that we have. Paul begins in this way. Verse 31, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things. It's maybe a little too heavy, too weighty of a word to dwell on on Father's Day, but spare. That a father didn't spare his son. He gave him up. He didn't pull any punches that God took his son on the cross and let hell come down. Let hell come down. The punishment for the sins that we deserved was on him. God didn't spare his son. He let him have it. Why does Paul start with this? 
Well, the reason Paul starts here is because there could not be a greater demonstration of God's love for you that he didn't spare his son. If he didn't spare his son, well, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? God gave Christ up into death so that, well, you would make it in life, that you would make it in life eternally. John Newton, he's the author of the very famous hymn, Amazing Grace. In a letter that he wrote to a friend, he said this, everything is needful that God sends. Nothing can be needful that God withholds. Think about that. Everything is needful that God sends. Nothing can be needful that God withholds. Everything that you have. You made it? Great. Everything that you have in life, God gave it. That is God's infinite love for you. He gave you his son. How much more will he not also give you everything? And about those things you don't have, about those places in life where you feel like, man, maybe I'm not, not making it, it's not needful. Things that, that God withholds, you, you don't need it. How can I say that? Well, God said it. God said, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us everything we need? That is God's infinite love, and it's yours. It's your love, and could there be a more necessary love in our lives for us to show in in our relationships? It's because... There's forces, there's very real forces that we're going to look at that, that want to see you not make it, not make it relationally, not have good, good, loving Christian relationships with others. And we got to talk about the first one because it lives in your home. It lives in your heart. And it's you. It is our selfish, finite love. Because while God loves infinitely, we're limited. While God has no boundaries, no ceiling to his love, we're limited in in so many ways. We we have a finite love. Oh yeah, we we love our loved ones. We think about how often you do so fearfully, wondering if, if you have what it takes to love someone you really are going to get back the love that you give. And so we love, we love conditionally. I'm going to love them and show them love when they earn it. If I can really trust them, then I'll, <laughs> then I'll sacrifice for them. No, we, we live with, with messy people or messes ourselves. And so what happens when two people make a mess out of things? What are you going to do? When someone whom you love hurts you and even even does so purposefully, what are you going to do? Think of yourself like a car. That's what you should do. 
Think of yourself like a car, and I know some of you drive gas guzzlers, others electric vehicles, and that's pertinent for a moment. Just think about here's why. It's because if we try to love based on our own fuel, on our own, own love, our own finite love, eventually we're going to run out. We're going to get exhausted. We're, we're going to run on fumes. So we got to fill up. We got to fuel up. And, and there's all sorts of ways that people try to fuel up in order to give out love to people. Some of them are just plain silly ways that people try to do that. And, and some of them are just plain sinful ways that people try to do that. And yet there is a place. There is a place to fuel up on love so that we can pour out love in our lives. And just like if an electric vehicle tried to fill up with gas or a gas vehicle tried to go to an electric vehicle charging station, there is but one place. There is only one place that we can go in order to fill up on the love needed to love others. And friends, you know it. You know it. You know it is the love of a God who is for you and who is for you infinitely. Here's what Romans chapter 8 is calling you to know. It is that the word of God, the word of God which embeds into your hearts the infinite love of Christ and does through, through the power of the Holy Spirit, working through his means of word and baptism and the Lord's Supper, that is what fuels us up to love infinitely. God's infinite love is what gives us the ability to love others. No, on our own, we, we wouldn't make it. We couldn't make it. We would, we would run on E and stop. But the infinite love of God, it does what? God who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give to you and to your relationships what you need? If God is for us, who can be against us? Not even ourselves, not even our sinful nature. And so we can go and love. We can love faithfully, we can love full, fully, and never fearfully. We can love confidently and not conditionally. Why? Because there is a God who has sacrificed his son for you. He didn't spare him. So do you think when you, when you sacrifice for someone else, God's not going to give you what you need? You have a God, a Savior, who submitted himself to his Father's needs to the point of death. Do you think, do you think, as you go and submit to others and their wills, their needs and their desires, your God's going to just now leave you hanging? No. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, he's going to give us everything. That is the infinite love of God, and it is your love, and it fuels your love and as if that good news couldn't get any better, you can't be separated from that love. Romans 8 continues, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither height nor depth, neither death nor life, 
neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Is Romans chapter eight. And this is not a superficial, oh, <laughs> behind every cloud, there's a silver lining. Just gotta find it. No, this is not a shallow sort of, (laughs) these aren't real hardships that you go through. You just have to have a a good perspective on things. No, this is Romans 8. It's quoting the Psalms to remind us that we face hard things. This all scripture doesn't paint a picture that that once you know the infinite love of Christ, all of a sudden bad things just don't happen. No, pick up your cross, Christ follower. In other words, you can have the operating assumption that, that bad things, they'll happen. And they are bad. They're evil things. They're terrible things listed here. Christ rages against them. He hates them. Why? Because they try. They try to separate you from the love of God. But can they? No. In all these things, you are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Nothing. Nothing? Nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Your God has, he is, and he always will work with all things, master control and use all things so that in the end, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. How does this apply to you and and your loves and, and your relationships? It infuses it with an inseparableness. You, you think God's just being hyperbolic with the language that he's using here? Like, you know, sometimes when, when you see like two friends who like to hang out together a lot, what do we say? We say like, oh, you know, like, oh, they're, they're inseparable. Well, not really. They just spend a lot of time together. Or you think about like peanut butter and jelly. We say like, oh, inseparable. But they're not. They just go together. No, you and God, you are, in fact, truly inseparable. Nothing can separate you. And think about what that means. If, if nothing can separate you from God, and God is the one who gives you everything you need for eternal life and the life of sanctification, a life of holy relationships and loving others, it means means that your love is infused with that inseparableness too. Your love makes your relationships, but it's not yours. It's God's. No, in anything that comes against you, you're more than conquerors through him who loves you inseparably. And notice what he said. He didn't say, you're a conqueror. Like, ah, you barely conquered these bad things. No, he said, you're more than a conqueror because there's no question about it. It's because there is a definiteness to the inseparableness that is your love. 
You think ahead. One year, five, ten, to the relationships that you have in your life, where you want them to go, how you want them to grow, how you want to serve in those relationships. I don't know what the future holds, and, and neither do we. We don't know what will come against us, but there will be hardships. You can think of life, right, often as a roller coaster. There's ups and there's downs, there's twists, there's turns. There's even times where you feel like you're upside down. Have you ever ridden a roller coaster before? There's a harness over you. There's a strap over you that, that means you're not able to be separated from where you're sitting. That's the love of Christ. It is the love of his arms that wraps around you and holds you tight to him all the days of your life. And here's the thing. You're not riding alone. God's wrapped around you. But he keeps that inseparableness with you and those you love and fills you with the infiniteness of his love as you love them. This is God's word for your life. Amen. Amen.